Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. What is up on a Friday? I'm Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this August 30th edition of the Rebel Report. Uh, it's Mailback Friday. It's the people's holiday. Ole Miss plays its first game roughly 24 hours from this recording. Um, I'm headed up to the Liberty Bowl, I guess, around 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Try to beat the traffic. Try to get in there. It should be hot. should be interesting. Um, I'm fascinated to see a lot of things with this team. We'll get into that some as well. Uh, we had some football games last night. And then as we were recording, it seems like alcohol sales news hit the internet um. So yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, I get that this is like new, but I don't understand why this is such a huge deal. Because like people have been drinking in the stadium for years to come, and yes, now you could buy it, and that's nice. But like every other, like not every other, but there's you know tens of, and maybe a hundred now. I don't know stadiums across the country that are now doing this. Ole Miss just finally decided to you know I guess move along with the process. I mean. This was all roads were leading to this. Yeah, I don't understand why it wasn't in place for the first game of football season. Uh, it just really doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, I mean, you continued to hear that at some point alcohol was going to be sold, whether that was during football season or not. Ole Miss would have had it by basketball season. Um, yeah, I mean that that was just the prevailing thought, and it found out today that they'll start selling it with the Texas A and M game. Yeah, and. I mean, it's better if you're looking for the Ole Miss. If you're looking at it from this vantage point, I guess it's better than nothing with them having three home games to do it, and then it transitions into basketball season. Uh, people will get really mad and like soil themselves about that because there's four home games that they don't have it. Like, whatever. There's state. You know, there's there's our stadiums that have elected not to do it at all this year and try it again next year. So like. I don't really see the need to like. I, not the need. I don't really see that as a huge deal of them crapping on it. In that sense, I mean, three games is better than none. Could it have been in place at the start of the season? Sure, but you don't have a permanent athletic director. You don't have a chancellor. So how are you supposed to reasonably be expected to get something done within a reasonable amount of time? There's no leadership. Yeah, I guess. My, I guess my only question would be if you're able to do it for the third game of, or the last three games. Well, and, and maybe there's a logical reason, but why were you not able to logistics do it for the first of like getting it prepared and getting it done? Most of like the arbitrary hoops have been jumped through, from what I understand. But it's just the logistics of getting everything set up and get tying the last ends. I mean, it takes time. Okay. And if I you mean, don't reach a decision now, like having it seven days later is really not reasonable. Oh no! I mean, agreed that if you're going to make the decision right now, the thought that you'd be able to sell it, you know, for the Arkansas game uh, would be a little bit outlandish. I just wonder why it took so long to make this decision. Because there's no leadership involved. There's too many people. Like I, I mean, Chase Parham's done some reporting on this as well, and I don't want to like, like borrow or steal from it. But like, it, 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 it's fairly obvious that there's no leadership in place. There's too many people pulling in different directions. There's too many people that have a say in it. I mean, it seems fairly obvious to me on that front. I mean, if you don't have a clear leadership and clear decision making, then like, what else would you expect? Well, then what changed? would be my be my next question if, if, if that was the case for and, and it cost you you know four games of selling it then what changed for it to be able to sell it the last three 
I don't think that there's anything that changed. I think just with the lack of leadership, it come it makes it lo- harder and it, co- it takes longer to come to a decision. I don't think there's necessarily a change in thinking. I think when you have too many people pulling at different ends, it's harder to get anything done. And I think that all roads led to this being done. But when you don't have true leadership and you don't have, you know, a set number of people making a decision and everyone gets a say in everything, it just takes longer to arrive at it. I don't necessarily think it's a change in thinking. It just takes longer when you don't actually have clear leadership in place. It just kind of seems ridiculous. And I'm not saying, look. The, the fact that they're selling it at all good on them it just kind of seemed ridiculous that if you were able to sell it for the last three games that you weren't that this wasn't in place a month ago I mean LSU did it in about a week and a half of course that is LSU sure but the, Mississippi State's not doing it at all yeah well that's just they, they don't want alcohol in their stadium they've made a decision at least that if I was a state fan I'd be upset at that but I could live that with that a little bit more they have decided they don't want alcohol in their stadium kind of stupid as that is, whatever. Ole Miss just kind of hung on the fence for a while. Yeah, but again, that seems like a fairly natural byproduct of having no athletic director and no chancellor. I mean, sure, but it just felt like that if this decision wasn't, I mean, imminent, that someone could have made up, stepped up, made the decision. But again, good on them for having it for the last three games. Yeah, I mean, sure, but like, what evidence from Ole Miss's past on how they handle virtually anything would tell you that this should have been a sound oh, process? I'm not saying that the precedent has been set for them to act in a competent manner. I'm just, you know, a competent manner. If someone acted in a competent manner, this would be sold during the Arkansas game. Yeah, and that's not even necessary. I don't mean that as a swipe at Keith Carter or Sparks no. or any of those people in there. They're doing the job that they were tasked to do. It's just a overall leadership problem that. Go, has gone on far before them and you know i guess we'll see in the next coming months if it'll continue to happen long after they're gone um but yeah it has nothing to do with like the intern people this is not their fault in at all no. in taking this long and in, in the slightest i mean there's only as an int- if you're filling a position on an interim basis it doesn't matter what industry and in, there's only so much things you can do and so much power or pull that you have yeah um, if Ross Bjork was the AD, is, is beer sold during the Arkansas game? Um, maybe, but a hundred percent sooner. Okay. Um, I just I don't know enough about what would have had to happen to have it for the first game, but it would have happened sooner. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Anyway, I don't know. I guess that's a win for Ole Miss. You're. You know, added revenue, whatever. It doesn't seem like didn't that complicated. Do something completely stupid. Go you. Yeah, you said didn't do something completely stupid, right? Yes, yes. They didn't go the whole season without selling it. Yeah, um, and then it, it, see, this is the thing though. Everyone is so impatient, and we live in such a microwave society now that people will bitch and complain and talk about what an outrage it is. It's not there for four games, and guess what? In a year and a half, no one will remember that that was the case. Not a soul. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly true. I'm interested to see how it's, like, sold uh, at baseball games. Are they just going to sell it at the concession stands, or, or how does this work? Do you have to have a separate concession stand for alcohol? I'm just kind of interested to see, like, the logistics of it. Yeah, it will be interesting. That's something certainly certainly worth looking into. Um, that's about all I have on the alcohol thing. Like, cool on them, that's good. Like, nice. Like, now you can buy beer in the stadium instead of drink wait, liquor. Wait, so... so since they uh, they have beer at the concession stands, will they have it in the uh, media hospitality room? I'm going to bet that's a firm no. <laughs> it's worth asking, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, I guess. I don't even know if that's a good idea. To, I, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so we had football that counted last night. We had... I was a little bit unplugged. I got to see some of... We had a radio show at the Sports Book at the Golden Moon Casino in Philadelphia. Um, You're and, a traveling man. Yeah, it sucks. Um, I mean, I like it over there. Don't get me wrong. I shouldn't say that. That drive sucks is what I meant. Did you, uh, did you place any bets in the casino? No, I did not. I uh, I don't know. I just was not really... I got there like kind of... Not late, but like about 15 minutes before. And then I got to leave at 5.30 because they didn't need me for the last two segments. So honestly, I was trying to get home and watch football. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Because that drive is awful. It's all two-lane highway. It's two and a half hours no matter how you draw how it did, up. How did you go? Not to board, I have no you? idea, man. I've never. I've taken that thing 12 times, and I swear to God I've never gone the same way twice. What if you went through Eubor? You probably did. Um, I know I went through Ackerman because I saw yeah, some sign for a football field. Um, yeah, I guess I went through Eupora, so I don't know. Who cares? Um but anyway, so I got to go through. I saw a lot. I saw some of the UCLA um, Cincinnati game. I saw a good bit of the Holy War. Um, I did not see Clemson Georgia Tech as it uh, sounds like most people did not. Uh, that's an ultimate fail by the ACC network. Yeah, yeah. Clemson just kind of did did what they did. Uh, UCLA is horrific. Chip Kelly might not make it past this year. I don't know, man. Moore left that in a bad position. You got to give the dude more than two years. That quarterback is atrocious. You say that, but go look at their recruiting rankings. Moore recruited pretty well. All I know is that dude, that quarterback sucks. Oh, he's horrible. He is absolutely atrocious. Um, Whoever the second string guy is must be an absolute joke if they couldn't put him in. Uh, But, man, you're paying that dude $6 million a year, so I don't know if another three and nine is going to go so well. That's where that headed. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I don't think he's hired after this year. They signed him for a lot of money. Chip Kelly did not forget how to coach football. Um, was one of the better college coaches in the country before he made the leap to the NFL. The NFL thing wasn't a fail completely, um, but obviously it's just a different game. It was kind of like the Saban type deal, a little more successful than Saban's tenure um, there. So, Is it fair to say on Kelly, though, that his system when he was in college was so new and so original and now that everybody else kind of runs the version of that system, that it's, it's much more stoppable. I guess so. I just don't think I don't. I don't find Chip Kelly to be. I don't. I know people don't know a lot about him, almost in a weird sense. But I don't think he's dumb, and so I don't think he'll be a total flop there. I think it's going to take time. I, I think he one hundred percent gets another year unless they go zero and twelve. No, they're not going to go zero and twelve. Three and nine certainly on the table. Um. Yeah, I guess it is. Um. But anyway. And then you had that. Uh, I didn't really have much of a takeaway from that game. Cincinnati's going to be pretty good. Cincinnati, Memphis, and UCF should all be really good in that American conference. That'll be an interesting league. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be a fun conference. Uh, Utah's going to play for the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, they look pretty good, and the offense looks more competent than it did a year ago, and that defense is always kind of nasty under Whittingham. Um, yeah, yeah, just destroyed BYU. They're good, but does BYU suck? I think BYU yeah, may suck. Do. Is that a BYU yes? Sucks. They do? Yeah, BYU. Yeah. Yeah, Sataki's not a very good football coach. They can't move the ball. Their quarterback's got to pull out of potential. Uh, the defense isn't as good as it usually is. So, yeah, BYU's not great. Yeah, so 
that was about all the takeaways I had from the games last night. I'll kind of get more embedded, and hopefully I can get back. Unless things really hit the fan, I'll be able to get back and watch some football Saturday night because uh, I'm going to spend as little time in Memphis as humanly possible. You're um, not going to go out to Bill Street? No, I will be arriving for the game and hightailing it away from the game. Um, <laughs> every, I went on Bill last time. The last time I went on Bill, I was a, uh, I was at a buddy's wedding. I guess it was in May, and... Uh, they charged us a $5 cover to get on the street so they could check us for weapons, and I probably decided that was when I was done with Beale Street. <laughs> you just, you're not going back. If they're charging you a cover to get on the street so they can stop you and frisk you for weapons, yeah, I'm probably out. I feel like it's, that's sort of illegal, though, right? Like, you can't charge people to use uh, Beale Street. I don't give a shit if it's illegal. It makes it safer. <laughs> Oh goodness! Yeah, I mean your civil liberties don't aren't aren't the uh, main concern on probably Bill Street. Hell no, I don't care. Um. Anyway, um. So I guess that's unless you. I don't really have much else. Let's get into the mailbag questions. Okay. All right. Um. Where is this going to start? If you were forced to be stranded on a desert island with a current or former Ole Miss player, who would you choose? Probably Kadir Shepard. Uh, okay. Uh, C.J. Johnson. Why? I like C.J. I look out boys in college. So. Okay. C.J., I know, uh, Kadir Shepard would keep it entertaining, and I'm pretty sure he could hunt and gather pretty well with that club because he defined it as a weapon last Friday. Um, so I'm probably going to go Kadir Shepard. Um, the SEC suddenly switches to the CF rule, CFL rules of 12 players. Uh does Ole Miss add another quarterback to the formation, running back, wide receiver, offensive lineman? Um, probably depends on the play. This group would be more inclined to add an offensive lineman to the on the field more so than anything. But at the same time, do you want another skill guy? I don't really know the answer to this. So, I mean, the defense gets another guy too, right? Like it's 12 on 12. Yes. So I don't really know if using another offensive lineman is going to help you. Like, that's just going to present another one-on-one matchup. I would want to put one of my better players on the field, and that would be at the receiver position. I guess so, but if you're trying to run the football, I mean, a six offensive lineman would help even if there's 13 dudes out there. I mean, is six on six as far from an offensive line versus defensive line and linebackers? Really, that much different than five on five? Well, I mean, it also depends on what the other on what the defense is adding because they could add another secondary guy to double somebody. They wouldn't just automatically add well, another sure. defensive lineman or a linebacker. So I guess it would just depend. I didn't know until this question. I knew CFL did the three down thing. I didn't know the Canadian Football League did twelve players until somebody until the whoever the um, the Ole Miss logo um, asked this question. Um, so I wonder if that's the name on his birth certificate. I'm going to guess no. Um. But, yeah, I didn't know they did 12 players. That was 100% news to me, and I've watched Canadian football before. Yeah, that, that's what you watch, like, the first of August when you're just dying for football. But I've never noticed it's 12 players. Well, you, I don't usually sit there and count, so I, I don't really – I don't think I do that either. Yeah, I had no idea. I knew it was the three-down deal because that's always funny to me. Um, Considering how young the Ole Miss offense is, how much of a factor a penalty is going to be? Um, probably Ooh, pretty big, point. Chief. I mean, if you could be young, old, or 95, and penalties would be a pretty big factor. Well, yes, but he's asking if, if, if Ole Miss is going to, you know, consistently fall stark, uh, if they're going to, you know, get critical holding penalties. And I do think there's going to be some of that. I think you could have a situation a couple times tomorrow where Ole Miss is in a third and two and somebody falls starts and now you're in third and seven. 
uh, I think that's possible tomorrow for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right on that. I think that's certainly possible. But at the same time, I watched Rod Taylor fall start five times at home on his senior night. Like, it, it probably contributes when you're younger, but at the same time, like, that's also like a like a good or bad type of thing. Like, I don't think it's necessarily just age-dependent, you know what I mean? Not solely. Yeah, I think yeah. it definitely contributes with younger. I'm not discounting the question. Um so, yeah, I think it'll be a pretty big factor. Will it be a big factor um, elsewhere? Um, I don't really know how it else would on the offensive side. I guess you're going like OPI or something. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, probably probably fairly decent factor. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find. Dear God. Um, considering all the changes that have happened at Ole Miss on and off the field, new players, new coordinators, etc. Are we putting too much emphasis on the first game? What do you see Ole Miss... What scenario do you see Ole Miss losing this game but still making a bowl? Um, I guess we'll unpack the first part of that first. Um, Considering all the changes that happened at Ole Miss on and off the field, are we putting too much emphasis on the first game? Uh, No, absolutely not. Because if you don't make... If you don't gain ground in in towards bowl eligibility in September, you're not going to a bowl because the back uh, half of the schedule is yeah. still. I mean, is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, yeah. and no, you're not putting in too much emphasis on it either because you have a fan base that's largely checked out. And if you lose an opener to a group of five school, no matter how big it is, it's just going to be kind of like, oh shit, here they go again. Like if I were if I were very emotionally invested in all this. And Ole Miss, and I was watching on TV, and I really wanted Ole Miss to kind of get back to prominence, and they lost to Memphis at 11 a.m. on the Liberty Bowl. No matter how good Memphis is, I'd just kind of be like, yeah, okay, here we go again. And and tell me if this is unfair. I think this is a bigger game from a fan perspective than I do from an actual team perspective in saying that. I mean, there's a pass to bowl eligibility with a loss. There's also going to be 43,000 people in the stands if they lose this game versus Arkansas. I think the fan base needs this one more than even maybe the team does, and the team needs this one really bad. Yeah, they do, but I think those work hand-in-hand. if you, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're talking about. It's like if this is this team like kind of kind of like this team's not going to roll over or whatever anything ridiculous like that after losing a game or something like that. And I don't even think it'll necessarily shoot their confidence that much. But if you're talking about a program in a Matt Luke standpoint, I think that ties hand in hand with the fan base because Matt Luke, fairly or unfairly, was seen not qualified to have this job. It was an un, it was a fairly unpopular hire. Um, I mean, I said on Wednesday's show, I think Matt Luke's a nice guy. I like him. I don't mean that as an indictment, but you got to be honest. That is what it is. And so I think when you're trying to buy back in the fan base, that plays a part in program momentum as well. Yeah, I mean, certainly fair. Um, it's a big deal. Uh, no, I think I think the correct amount of emphasis is being put on this game. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you could overemphasize this game at all. I mean, this is a massive game for Ole Miss. Now, in saying that, if Ole Miss were to win tomorrow night. If you're an Ole Miss fan or whoever, don't act like it's not a big deal. I know that the national media or whatever will oh, Ole Miss be big. No, if Ole Miss wins tomorrow, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a big win for the program. It's a big win momentum-wise. Um, but it, you're not out of the woods yet because they beat Texas no. Tech last year, and you're like, wow, this team could be confident. Competent, excuse me, not confident. I guess they were confident after beating them. But then you get further down the road and you get a month in and you're like, actually, this defense sucks and the offense can't st- uh, score against anyone with a pulse. 
So, yes, it's a big deal, but you're far from out of the woods because there is a 100% of world where you beat Memphis and lose to Arkansas and Cal. Oh, sure. So you're not out of the woods, but to your point, it can be overstated how big this game is. And if they win, is a huge win and a huge day for Matt Luke. I said on, uh, I said on Ben Garrett's podcast on Wednesday or whatever the hell that was. It doesn't matter that if Matt Luke wins this game and they get back to bowl eligibility this year, this game will be looked at 2012 Egg Bowl esque. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think for more reasons than one. Um. It kind of gets people to slowly buy back in. It's a huge win towards getting to that postseason, which is the ultimate goal here for Matt Luke because that's a huge W if they get back into the postseason. Um, you know, it it eases at least for a week or two. The like, if there's any lack of confidence in Mike McIntyre and Rich Rodriguez, if you win that first game, it's kind of like okay, decent opponent with a pulse. This this can work, I guess, for the lack of a better phrase. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Um. Yeah, so that's really about all the thoughts I had on that. Uh, do people that watch the NFL preseason over college football need to be tested for psychopathy? Psych- yes. Psych- uh, I guess. I like NFL football much better than I like college football. Preseason still doesn't do it. I'd watch college football over preseason NFL football any day of the week. I don't Kelly think there's a large well reason. Speaking of uh, preseason. What? Kelly played well last night again. I saw that. I saw he scored a touchdown. Good for him, man. Look, his... We could talk this into the into the ground as far as like how he gets started or whatever. If he stays out of trouble off the field, his opportunity is eventually going to come. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, I'm interested what the Colts do. Not to stay on this too long. He's got a two two game suspension. Are they going to sign a quarterback to be the backup for two games? I'm, I'm interested to see how they handle that. Who's their third guy? Do you know? Uh, well, they don't have one right now. They're going to cut the guy that played uh, behind Chad. His name was like Philip Walker. They're going to cut him. So, you so got they've the, got to sign somebody. Yeah, I was about to say exactly that. they got to sign someone regardless, right? Yes, and I'm interested to see who that person is. Yeah, because if it's a... If it's Brock Osweiler, that's not great for Chad's playing time this year. Yeah, I was about to say the same type of thing. Like, Matt Moore, I saw, got signed by the Chiefs because Henny, Chad Henney had an injury. If it's a Matt Moore established backup type, that doesn't bode well for Chad Kelly. If it's a... I mean, this is an extreme example, but Brogan Roback, if you watched Hard Knocks last year, like that type, then... But I think they're going to have to err on the side of competency because if 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 Brissett tweaks an ankle or gets hurt in the first two games while Kelly's still suspended, I mean, you, you can't throw someone out there who's going to get killed. I mean, you can punt on the games if you really want to, but not completely. Sure, but I guess my question would be, uh, if you're bringing them in right now, are they really going to be that much better, like learning the system and, a, and that rushed of a matter? He needs a Matt Barkley type, or yeah. like a uh, like not quite. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be a starter, but if you look based on his career, not quite a, a Brock Osweiler or a Matt or a uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick they need, they type. They need to sign Paxton Lynch. That's what Chad needs, or Brian Hoyer. Like, Brian Hoyer isn't the guy. He's never going to be the guy. So eventually, even if he plays well, you're going to want to see what you have in Kelly. But you don't need a Brock Osweiler type to where if he plays well, it's kind of like, oh, this guy's 6'5", throws it nicely. Like, maybe? Like, you know what I mean? Let's let's just put it this way. Does Chad Kelly start an NFL game in 2019? Table that thought because we got a question about it later. Okay. 
Um, that's actually coupled with another question that I think is interesting. So table that for like 20 minutes. Okay. Um, can Matt Corral the Yeet – can we name Matt Corral the Yeet Cannon? So we were sitting in the casino yesterday, and Haydad was telling me his daughter says the word Yeet. What the hell does that mean? I don't know, man. It sounds like when the millennial think. Uh, I'm about to Urban Dictionary it while we're here. Uh, I'm scared of what you might find. Come on, Wi-Fi. Yeet is an exclamation of excitement. There's a lot of ways you could go with that. Approval, surprise, or all-around energy as often when doing a dance move or throwing something. Okay. So, so he's an excitement cannon, right? Used in a sentence, my Kashiga Sheen has been straight up yeeted. Okay. I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm going to answer Bobby's question yes. Um, if there's a listener out there that wants to pay me 20 bucks, I'll put Yeet into one of the stories I write tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like that price is negotiable. We don't do strict AP style at supertalk.fm, and our editor's name is Brian Scott Rippey, and our managing editor's name is Brian Scott Rippey, and the writer's name is Brian Scott Rippey, so... <laughs> Uh, this is a one-man show, Chief. I can do whatever. Oh, I can't do whatever I want. But I say easy now. If you want to pay me twenty bucks, I'll put Yeet in one of these stories. Uh, DM me or something. How, um, how much do I get it in the headline? Oh, I couldn't do a headline. I if so, I mean, to be honest, people would click on it. <laughs> there you go. There's your pitch to Super Talk. Yeah, uh, it'll get hella clicks. There we go. I used another millennial term to, to to sell the fact that I was going to use a millennial slang term to get in a headline. I'm millennial as shit. Um, I lost my place. Uh, yeah, I don't know what eat means, but well, now I do, I guess, kind of. But I, I don't think I could use that properly since I'm going to have to further research it. Um, what power? Oh, I kind of like this question. What power five coach will be fired first? Obvious candidate, Gus. Gus Malzahn is, is obvious. Um, the issue is the Big 12. There's no option in the Big 12. Um, Lovey Smith is not going to get fired. They signed him to a contract extension. Uh, man, shit. I'll just say it. Kevin Sumlin. That's not, a, that's not completely unreasonable. Um... I mean, there's a there's there's an ACC program or two that we know nothing about that we're missing or something, right, or oh, something yeah. like that. Like, I, I don't even I couldn't even. Do you know Rutgers football coach's name? Uh, Kyle Flood. Oh, okay. I, I was really not expecting that to be regurgitated. Um, it's either Kyle Flood or Chris Bash. What's his si- What's his situation? Uh, he coaches football at Rutgers. He is an 18-point favorite over an FBS team tonight. So yeah, but, uh, like, what's his body of, Do you know his body of work? Like, what year is he? Uh, I don't know. It's, like, his third year, I think. They actually got a little better last year. But, I mean, if they go, like, 2-10, and 10, I mean, he's certainly a candidate to be fired. Chris Ash. He's held Chris the posi- he's held posi- Kyle Flood or Chris Ash. He's held the position since the 2016 season. He's gone two and ten, four and eight, one and eleven. Uh, if they suck again, that sounds like pretty yeah, right. Okay, maybe they didn't get better. Um, I'm not going to fault you for mistaking whether Rutgers football got better or not. Um, I, I, you, hold on, real quick before we uh, announce that. Do you remember uh, the the Michigan game with them a few years ago, where like uh, 
the Michigan Steakhouse announces like there was a steakhouse in Ann Arbor, and uh, it was basically it basically says every point Michigan wins by that's how much of a percentage like you get off your meal. And they beat Rutgers by like eighty, so everybody got eighty percent off of their meal. That's a horrible strategy. Do that against like Purdue or someone you're supposed well, to beat. They did it for every game. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. I was about to say, if you picked a single-game special to do that with and you picked Rutgers, you're an idiot, right? <laughs> like, do that by someone you're going to beat by, like, 10 to 15 points, right? Because that's a fair deal. Sure. That's good advertising, but they wound up having to get, like, 80% off after the week against Rutgers. Yeah, well, I was about to say, even if you – I mean, you could play some, some shitter school and beat them by 35, and, like, yeah, that's a bit of a kick in the kick in the groin, but not terribly. But, yeah, I mean, Hardball puts 70 up on them. That's, that's tough. Um, and Harbaugh's the guy to run it up just for the steak. Yeah, he probably heard about that and was like, "I want free protein." Um, <laughs> uh, that was a good question. I'm trying to think if we missed anyone else. Like, I, I, <sighs> oh no, 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 we missed the obvious one. Clay Helton at USC that goes poorly. Oh uh, yeah, no. I've talked to Antonio Morales, who covers USC out there now, a decent bit about that. Yeah, no, that's 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 a that's very obvious. Is there an obvious blue blood we're missing? Because we already missed one. Um, no, I mean Harbaugh's I not mean, getting fired. Notre Dame's fine. I don't guess they're technically Power Five, but whatever. Uh, I mean Gus, Clay Helton, Kevin Sumlin are your top three. If Virginia Tech really sucks, is Fuente going to get fired? They will give Fuente twelve games though. Oh yeah, foul power. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't. I, you're right. I didn't think about it from that vantage point because the first power five coach is getting fired in season. Um, I'm just kind of going through in my head. Nothing. Nobody else really. Nah. I mean, I don't. They're not going to fire Mason. Look, I think Vanderbilt's going to be atrocious. They'll, they'll give him 12 games. Um, top place to eat in Memphis, Tennessee, the McDonald's in Horn Lake on your way out of Memphis. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not trying saying this to be mean to Memphis. I have eaten at one place in Memphis. It was the Cheesecake Factory on my way home from Arkansas three years ago. That's it. I don't have any Memphis uh, culture. I've eaten at one of the restaurants in the Peabody. I've eaten at a couple places there. No one that nice. I um, I'm going to be careful with how I say this. Because we do have Memphis listeners on this show, or that listen to this show, Memphis is not my favorite town in the United States. <laughs> I don't. I have a- never experienced Memphis, if I'm being honest. I've been on Bill Street one time. I've gone to one Grizzlies game. I'm not going to comment on Memphis because, frankly, I've never spent time up there. I like the Grizzlies. I like the barbecue. I love AutoZone Park. Everything else, eh. I wish they'd move the and, – and I get the logistics – I wish they'd move the SEC baseball tournament to Memphis. Never going to happen, but I wish they would. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. Uh, I've talked about that with Chase a lot. I've talked about that with Kendall Rogers a decent bit because he was kind of covering that a couple years ago when it gained steam that it might leave Hoover. And it's just like from a like you said from a logistical standpoint, like from the fanfare to parking to the press box, Hoover is tailor made for that place it is literally i'm not saying hoover's in the middle of nowhere but that stadium is a wasteland of parking and space yep and it's perfect and for that, that event Memphis. it's perfect and you just yeah you can't do that at a downtown stadium i i agree from like the the festivity side of it but you just can't um 
Um, okay, we got a follow up to that CFL question and say it can't be another wide receiver. No, so it's got to be an offensive lineman. I'm going to say Mac Brown and give him a knife and see what happens. <laughs> um, no, it's probably okay. Well, fine. How about we frame it like this? Take away the receiver stipulation. Let's just put it. Are you going to add another receiver or a running back? With the way this team is constructed, and you can I mean, you can line the running back up wherever slot okay. wherever. It's probably gonna be running back if I'm Ole Miss because I have a, a lot of good running backs. I'd like to see Scott. Like if if I'm looking at this from this point, it's your two outside guys: Sanders, Drummond, Gregory. Whatever doesn't matter. Outside guys set. Two outside guys. I'd like to see Elijah Moore, two running backs, and then Ely in the slot next to Elijah Moore or across from it. I say I'd like to see it. If I was coaching the team, that's what I would be doing. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, Would you want the body of Ely, Terrence Davis, Tisdale, or Henson? I can't dunk, so I'm going to say Terrence Davis. Five-eight guy problem. Uh, First of all, I'm sure dude's shredded. Uh, Second of all, he can jump. So, yeah, I'm taking TD. Although, I guarantee you Tariq Tisdale can jump. Excuse me, not jump, dunk. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Ely probably can. Uh, can Ely dunk? I would bet on yes. But he's not six feet, is he? No, you should ask him. I mean, dude, no matter how sick of ups you have, like dunking under six feet is hard. Yeah, that'd be a cool story you could uh, you could do with Ely. You better do it before baseball season, though. Five will lose it. Uh, yeah, I'm not asking Mike Bianco if Ely can dunk. I'm probably going to ask Jerry on in shoulder pads if he can dunk. He's an interesting kid. He's very charismatic for a freshman. Um, I will think you're trying to take Ely to the basketball court. Yeah. Uh, I might tell Mike that. Like, sorry, I'm bringing him to Kermit. Like, If he makes it to your squad. <laughs> they win more than you anyways. Yeah, he would not be happy. Um, wonder what Fob's up to. Miss you, Mike. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> Mike doesn't have the podcast app, man. Of course. Mike's lucky to turn his iPhone on. We've turned the corner, though. He tweeted me later in the year. Man, that was a big one. Um, that was like, I bet when you saw that, you are like, Mike Bianco tweeted, or like, replied, you're like, oh, good God. He like, tweeted me in a complimentary way, and I was like, oh, that was Alex Sims. And then I asked Alex, he's like, no, that was Mike. I was like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I kind of joke about Mike now. It's, it's, I, he's, he's fine. Um, Start, bencher, trade, Bo Wallace, Stewart, Partridge, Jevin Steed. I'm pretty sure Partridge was the quarterback before I was, like, had conscious memory. People are not going to like my answer. All right, so it's what's the three options? Stuart Partridge, Jevin Sneed, and Bo Wallace. Uh, admittedly start, being... Start, trade, or bench? Start, trade, bench. I'll let you go first. Uh, admittedly being Stuart Partridge ignorant, I'm going to say trade, Sneed, start, Bo Wallace. I'm going to go the opposite. Because uh, I think with competent coaching, Jevin Sneed would have been a monster. I mean, that's not unfair to say at all. Sneed had probably a little more arm talent than Wallace, so you're probably more right than me. I don't know enough about Stuart Partridge, do you? No, pa- Patridge. Um, oh, why do I keep no, saying? Oh, I it don't. is Patridge. It was a I'm, little bit before my time. See, I went to JA and Ole Miss. I can't read. Um, <laughs> who's your pick for commentator of the year? Um, Not, look, okay. Did, did you get to watch much of uh, uh, McAfee yesterday? He was fine. It was a weird dynamic with him and... Uh, him and Hasselback. I call it bits and pieces. Look, I'm not going to dump on him yet. It takes time to get better. Remember, Romo wasn't that great at first, and now he's God's gift to the earth. Who? Romo. Uh, 
Yeah, it does, and I'm willing to give it time. But, man, some of that stuff, yeah, that stuff that plays on Twitter, it's going to get kind of annoying. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just let more moments breathe. I don't think he needs to change who he is, but I noticed between he and Hasselbeck, they talked a lot. They did. They did. So and they're very knowledgeable. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, so let it breathe. Just let more I think it's more so less than him joking. Maybe joke around a little less, but I think it's more so not necessarily cuz I think what he brings to the table is his wit and humor, but just let more moments breathe. Let more things yeah, go without talking. Fair. Not even uh, just talking serious. Just Romo. I like Romo. Um, my my favorite crew uh, by far none is Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Oh, they, yeah, Collinsworth is great. I love Collinsworth. I love Al Michaels. Um, everyone likes to dump on Joe Buck. I like Joe Buck. I don't like Joe Buck doing baseball. I like Buck in baseball. I like him okay in football. Um, but even if you don't like him, you got to admit the dude's talented. Like it's a cool thing to do on the internet to dump on Joe Buck. I think he's if you don't like prefer him, he's still good. Yeah, I mean, he's not Tom Brenneman. I don't necessarily prefer Joe Tessitore, but he's... No, I'm not uh, a Tess fan. The best, uh, the best announcer in, in sports is Joe Davis. Uh, he calls Dodgers games. He works for Fox Sports. He's called the Minnesota-South Dakota State. He's the best play-by-play guy in sports. Yeah, that's fine. I like Ian Eagle. I like... Uh, who's the guy that gets real jacked up on Fox about nothing? Oh, Gus Johnson? Yeah, he's awesome. Um... I think Al Michaels is really good. I'm not a Test fan, but I appreciate, like, I know he's talented. Like, you listen to it, and that guy knows what he's doing. I'm just, he's not my cup of tea. Um, I mean, Jim Nance is just on a level of his, not his own level, but he's up there. Um, so, yeah, I don't really hate many announcers. Um, I mean, yeah. Witten was right, really right bad, though, and I'm not piling on as the internet trended to crap on Witten, but he wasn't good. Oh, he was bad. He was, he was horrid. Um, I, I hesitate to crap on announcers because I know what, like, I don't know firsthand. I appreciate what a hard of a, uh, how hard of a gig that is. And 99% of the people dumping on him would be awful at it. Oh, sure. Look, 99.9% of the people won't care about what I'm about to say. But there's really not, like, college baseball commentators are some of the best in, like, their niche of a sport that I've ever seen. Like, there's no bad announcers in that. Here's a hot take. I like Ben McDonald as a dude. He doesn't. He's not the greatest broadcaster to me. Okay, that's that's fair. I think I like Ben a lot. Uh, I like Bert. I like McDonald. Whoever the cat was that called Ole Miss the Super Regional uh, played at LSU. Name slips from the line. Wasn't great. But other than that, I, I pretty much enjoy everybody. Kyle Peterson's good. Oh man, he's excellent. Um. And you brought up the Brenneman thing. I think the Brenneman thing is interesting. I think Tom Brenneman is a good national football announcer, and I think he does okay on NFL Sundays, but his baseball is not great. No. I mean... He has a good voice, emotional. which is why he's probably a good national announcer. Like, his his voice inflection is really appeasing. So I think that's why he's a better NFL national announcer. I'm not a huge fan of watching Reds games by, by Brenneman. No, that's kind of falling off the table here recently. What? the Reds. Yeah, they just didn't have the horsepower. Like, they're probably going to be if they finish strong, 81-82 wins maybe if they really finish strong. And then next year, you keep that rotation intact and add a bat or two, and you're probably pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Votto not playing well really hurt them. I hope that's not a downward turn. I think it might be. 
Um, because he wasn't good last year either by his I standards. By his standards, no. Um, why do I think that it was just Oswald that killed JFK? Collar at me Monday, man. I don't have time for that today. Um, you say that every week, and then we never do it. It's hilarious. <sighs> okay, fine. We'll do the Oswald JFK thing on Monday, bar nothing. So remind me. Um, does Kermit not only compete but win a national championship at Ole Miss? I'd say pump the brakes. Um, I'll put it to you this way. In college basketball, if you can attain a certain level of talent, which I think Kermit is maybe on the baseline of doing, if you catch a really good team that gets really hot in the tournament, then anything could happen. But I think that's just really hard at a program like Ole Miss. Look, if I tell you Kermit Davis is here 15 years, are you shocked if he makes the Final Four? No, not once. Yeah, because if that, you that, get a team with a talent level like they're supposed to have next year, and I'd like to see it first, and it continues to add that, and you get a team that's either, you know, you get out of that 15 years, you get 11 teams that are slightly better or slightly worse than the one they're going to put on the floor next year. One of those slightly better teams getting hot and winning four games is not unreasonable. No, that that's kind of my point. I mean, Auburn should have played for a national title. South Carolina's made a Final Four. But if you make the Final Four, you can win the national title. I don't really care who you are. That's kind of been proven. So I think in the next 15 years, if Kermit sticks it out, he's going to get a team that gets hot in the tournament, and who knows from there. And to that point, Auburn, this, the Auburn fully healthy and fully constructed this past year is more talented than Ole Miss will be this year, but the gap is not by very much. And Ole Miss has a better coach. Right. And so it's possible, yeah. So we're on the same page with that. Um, is it true the NCAA is using the old unupdated BCS computer to determine transfer eligibility waivers and old people hate technology? Uh, a lot this, going on this, in that one. This transfer thing's absurd. <sighs> yeah, we hashed this on the radio show, and I get nauseous rehashing this again, but I'll do it. So it's the kid at West Virginia Tech, right? What's his name? Virginia Brock Tech, something. Yeah. Brock, what do you know his name? I don't. Brock something. Look, he was at Western Carolina. It was apparently coastal, a, a coastal, Carolina. coastal. Excuse me. Was apparently a better player than that, and just kind of decided to go there. His mother gets a. Uh, I don't want to say fortunately, but it's not a malignant brain tumor. It was benign, from what I understand. Right. Yes. Non cancerous. Um, he moves back home to. He moves. He, he transfers to Virginia Tech to be closer to her. Um, you can't gain immediate eligibility if you transfer outside 100 miles of the situation you're trying to get close to, like your home. He's at like 103 miles. Um, he basically They basically went back and forth on a waiver process. They, he said, and the NCAA basically said, well, if like she's so sick, why didn't your mom retire? Because she's since gone back to teaching, and the dad was like, because uh, we have a million bucks in medical bills to pay off. <laughs> and the NCAA denied his waiver. Yes, it's angering. Yes, it's stupid. Yes, it makes absolutely no sense. All of those things are true. Every single one of those things are true. But I don't know how you can be surprised with the incompetency the NCAA's shown. There's no talking throughout this process. It's all written, except for the nerds in the room that apparently decided. And I've said this on the radio show. That's what this ultimately boils down to. What is the deal with the people in the room, in the NCAA room, whoever these people are, that collectively decide who to grant and who not, to, who to grant and who to fail, basically, on the waiver process? Who are these people, and how in the world do you look at a kid moving back home 
because his mom got a brain tumor and he wants to help take care of her because he's driving 90 minutes home as opposed to four hours and say, nah, you got to sit out. As opposed to Justin Fields, who cried racism, and I'm not blaming Justin Fields because he did what he had to do to get eligible because of the system that's, because of the shitty system that's in place. He cried racism by a kid that yelled a racial slur in the stands 150 yards away that Fields never heard, never felt threatened by it, but had to because of the rules that were in place to get immediately eligible. Tate Martell loses the job, immediately eligible. How are those guys eligible, but a guy trying to move back to take care of his mom who had a brain tumor removed, not eligible? How does that happen? I mean, I think this is kind of on you for, and I know you're not, I'm joking, for asking for logic from the NCAA. No, right. That's. I, mean, a, I guess that's the point I'm trying to underscore. Yeah, I mean, you're not getting it. These people are incompetent. They're despicable and vile human beings that have no business making the salary they do. <laughs> uh, okay, but are they? That's my question. Are they? Do I? Are they? Are the people are in that right? room making those decisions despicable and vile human beings? Because no one seems to know who they are. So I'm interested to know who are the people that make these decisions. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm asking, are they and why? Well, if I'm Virginia Tech, I can tell you this right now. If I'm Virginia Tech, whoever made that decision or was in the committee that made that decision, buddy, their names are out there. Uh, We're releasing that. How are they hidden by anonymity? I'm not facetious. I'm not rhetorically asking that. How is that? Do you know? I don't know. No, I don't. But I can tell you this. If I'm Virginia Tech, they wouldn't be. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, but again, when I said so, Richard kind of said something similar to what you said on Tuesday. He was like, I'd like to see Justin Fuente go up there and go scorched earth on these people and the whole process and the whole system. And I said, me too, because it would make me feel better and make the kid probably feel better. But generally in life, when you call someone that's stupid and you tell them that they're stupid, they don't react well and it doesn't help anything. <laughs> Is that not fair? No, I mean, yeah, it's certainly fair, but what are they going to do? They're going to come investigate your program because you called them stupid? I guess they could. Well, there is precedent to change course on the waiver thing, and I think if Justin Fuente went scorched earth on it, I think all hope of that would go out the window. Well, I think all hope's out the window now, though, right? They've changed course before. Richard cited another case that happened this year where they initially denied it and then have agreed to approve it. Yeah, that happened with Masoli, I guess, technically. Yeah, so there is precedent there. And so I don't, I don't again, I, I couldn't begin to tell you what the case was, all of that. But so there is precedent, it sounds like. So if you go scorched earth and call the stupid people stupid, it's probably not going to help the case as yeah, much I as guess, that's probably you can, justified. Uh, you can wait until like end of the season. You can still do it. It probably still have the same impact. Yeah, um, we got into a small town fight, it sounds like here. So I'm scrolling through past all these. Care to comment on this? Uh, yeah. Don't, don't don't come after my city. Okay, so I didn't read any of that. Um, here's the question of the day by far. You ready for this? Yeah. So this is from Tyler Hayes, who's been listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure, since the first episode we had. I actually saw him at Cash Saver the other day. I was buying beer. And he said not only he listens to the podcast, he tells everyone, too. So that is not unappreciated. That's my dude. Yeah, I hope you're doing well. hope you're doing well. Saw him on, I guess that was Wednesday night. Um... Leaving the cash saver, I was grabbing a sixer, going to watch some baseball, um, but saw him. And so here's the question. I'm getting married on November 23rd in Memphis. That also happens to be the same day as the Ole Miss-Memphis basketball game in Memphis. What's the latest tip-off time can occur for me to be able to attend and not get crucified by my fiance? Okay. What time is the wedding? <laughs> 
let's just say for I don't I don't have I, I I'm not readily like I'm not immediately able to uh, confirm what time the wedding is. You want to say just between five and six because that's generally when most are. Mm-hmm. Buddy, you're gonna need that thing to kick off. To it's step like off 10, 10 a.m. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Because you got to get ready. You got to be at the church for pictures and all that. From what I understand, so I read my girlfriend this. She's in town this weekend. I read my girlfriend this when uh, when I got the thing last night. Because he sent it late last night, and I started dying laughing while I was when I was sitting up watching the the, the end of the BYU game. And I looked at her, and I was like, "This kid's cool if it's at one, right? You know, if the wedding's at five, he could be there by four thirty. And she was like, <laughs> "What the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> I was mostly joking, but I said it with a straight enough face to be like, yeah, he's straight, right? He gets there 30 minutes before. That's plenty of time. The preacher probably won't even be there. Uh, Yeah, she thought I was an idiot, which is nothing new. Um, I'm going to say 10 a.m. If this happens, I would love for you to come on the podcast and tell me how you pulled it off. (laughs) So if you go to this game and you get married on the same day, text me because... We'll have you on to tell, let you tell about it. I promise you that's the case. Well, well, we'll have you on if you're alive. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, 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 no. If he pulls it off, that means... Because it sounds like if he's going to get crucified by his fiance, he's not going to do it. So, Fair enough. if he does it and pull it off and they're still married when he lives to tell the tale, we're having him on to discuss. Maybe, hey, look, maybe you could do the wedding and like maybe, maybe it could tip off real late and then you could go after the reception to the game. You got to think about that. Yeah, if it's a night game, you could do that. I'm not sure his fiance would certainly be. I, I don't think she'd be up for that. I don't know his fiance. I, I could be speaking way out of place here. Um, but I guess what I would be saying is, right after I got married, particularly if I'm a woman, I would not want to go to FedEx Forum to watch a November non-conference game. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I mean, this is you. Look, I, I've got another. Uh, we I've got a couple outs for you written down. One, you could say you have the squirts and you're at the toilet and you're on the, at the church just on the toilet the whole time, but in reality you're at the game. Two, yeah, that's, that's a good point, and pray to God you don't make it on TV. Two, you could dig a line in the sand and say, "I'm uh, this wedding's not happening unless I go to this game." That's a bad strategy. I'm just throwing out don't possibilities. Don't do that one. Um, three, get married at the game. Four is four, don't get married? Uh, no, four is go for the first half. Um, five, do it, whether she gets mad or not, convince Kermit Davis and a couple of the players to come to the crash the wedding if she's there an oldest basketball fan, that she'd be pretty pumped. Look, we have found the answer. The answer is five. Yeah, you know, let Bree and Tyree smash the wedding cake on you or whatever. Let, look, look, look. If you tell Kermit that you came to the game and you had to get married seven hours later and Kermit wins that game, he will come to your wedding. Yeah, I think he would too. Um, he would absolutely show up. Five? I don't have a five. That's all I got. Um, you, you name five. You name five. Okay. Who gets fired first, Chip Kelly or Kevin Sumlin? That was a great <laughs> question, by the way, the previous one. Kevin Sumlin. Okay. Um, I probably agree. Would it? What would you like? The Egg Bowl was the first. What if the Egg Bowl was like the first game of the season? BYU Utah. Would you like it? Um, I'd love to get the Egg Bowl out of the way. People would act like dipshits, and then the rest of the season would be smooth sailing. Uh, no, I would not like that from from a fan perspective. I mean, it, the the letdown of losing that. 
um, for one team is going to just absolutely drain the energy from their season. Uh, yeah, no, I would not like that. Um, is it the second part of the question? Is is it at least better than it being on Thanksgiving night? We've rehashed this a ton on this podcast. If you listen, I don't have a hard. I guess radio too. I don't have a hard stance on the Thanksgiving night thing. Um, my mom doesn't particularly enjoy me working on Thanksgiving night. Um, but you do get the Saturday and the rest of the weekend off from a working perspective. Um, from a fan's perspective, I would imagine it's somewhat similar because you're leaving a holiday thing to go to the game and all that. But Saturday after, like, you'd probably prefer Saturday after, but there are some perks to having it on Thursday. Is that fair? I would prefer Friday at one thirty, the Arkansas-Missouri uh, game. That's when I would like it. Yeah, I guess if that, I didn't even, well, sure, but I didn't even consider that an option. Sure. No, I know. I'm just saying, if I had my druthers, that would be sick. Um, we got one that said, Me From will be the best Ole Miss corner at the end of the season. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> a buddy of mine, Grayson, uh, in response to Tyler's question about the wedding thing, said, Noon on November 21st. <laughs> Thursday before. Yeah, I think he's probably right. Um, how many times will Anchor stop to mention how much Matt Luke loves Ole Miss? 30? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be at least five, seven, eight references. Uh, some guy just says Ole Miss only or any school. I don't know what that means. Um, If he's asking, okay, let's just pretend that he's asking, uh, is that the only school you consider going to out of high school? Pretty much yes, and I regret it. Uh, I don't regret going where I did and graduating where I did, and I'm not, I, I had a wonderful college experience. I'm not saying that. I would have liked to – I didn't take seriously at 17 years old seeing what else is out there, going out of state, going to visits at other schools, and it might have changed my decision if I had. And so I don't regret anything about what I did as far as going to school. I regret not going to see other things. Yeah, that, that would probably be me. At the end of the day, like, I, I could have gone and toured other schools. At the end of the day, i probably go to the University of Mississippi, regardless of if I gave other schools a chance or not. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I th- Oh, we had one last question that was the one related to Chad Kelly. What are the odds we get a Chad Kelly-Dak Prescott NFL game? I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, do they play this year? Um, let me see. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. <clears throat> NFC versus AFC. Yeah. I don't know if that's their rotating division or not. I mean, look, I think Chad Kelly starts an NFL game at some point this year. Let's see. No. They do not play. So I'm going to say less than 10% um, solely because I think Chad Kelly will eventually get an opportunity if he doesn't get in trouble. Uh, Dak Prescott, he's proven he can play in the NFL, but the NFC-AFC crossover leaves such a small window for when they could play each other. I'm not sure either one is proven. I know Chad Kelly has it, and I'm not 100% sure Dak Prescott has that they have 8-10 to years staying power in the league. 
Yeah, no. As a starter, as a starter, as a starter. Dak Prescott will be a – Okay, so how many divisions? There's 32 teams. There's eight divisions. So you're going to play once every four years, essentially. Obviously, there's some – you're guaranteed to play once every four years. Um, I don't know when their next opportunity would be to play. Um, But, yeah. So, I think – I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'll say 25. Let's see. I'm uh, I'm about to look up the last time they played. They, they played, played last year. Yeah, so every four years. They so played last year. Three years from now. Ooh. Yeah. I'll go 15% then. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, and I mean, of course, Chad could, you know, get on a different team, too. That's possible. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's all the mailbag questions we had, unless I missed any, which I don't no. think I did. Uh, you, you got any picks for this weekend? Yeah. So what? Uh, what do you want to pick? Okay. All right. So I went one and one yesterday. You went two and one. Um. So I got to pick three more, and uh, you got to pick two more. Let's see. I'm taking Auburn minus three and a half versus Oregon. Um. I will too. Okay. Um, I'm taking Alabama minus 21 in the first half against Duke. What's the game spread? 35. I'll take Alabama. Minus 35? Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to take Northwestern plus 7 at Stanford. Um, 7? Yeah. I'll actually take that as well. Well, you're just taking everything I can. I, I, I know. I'm looking up. Things. I'm looking up other ones right now. Hold on. <laughs> but I mean, those were like, I don't. Those seem smart bets. So, talk to me Monday when you can't pay for anything because you listen to us. Um, hold on. I'm in a pick 'em this year, like for fun, where you go yeah. every week, and so I'm trying to figure out which games we're picking. Hold on. All right, here we go. So we had two games last night. We've got a few tonight. We'll just run through these. How about that? It's like 20-something a week. Okay. Uh, okay, here we go. So we had two last night. So South Florida plus third. And this these lines are set from the beginning of the week. So I, these probably aren't completely accurate now. Disclaimer. Okay. South Florida plus 13.5 against uh, Wisconsin. I'm taking what? South Florida. I'm taking Wisconsin. Purdue minus 10.5 against Nevada. I'm taking Purdue. I'm taking Nevada. Colorado State plus 13.5 against Colorado. I'm taking Colorado minus 13.5. Taking Colorado State. We are completely different. Uh, Toledo plus 11.5 against Kentucky. I'm taking Toledo. I'm taking Kentucky. Mississippi uh, plus 5.5 against Memphis. I'm taking Ole Miss. Ole Miss. ULL plus 20.5 against Mississippi State. ULL. I think I'll probably take that too. I don't feel very good about that. Florida no, State minus five and a half against Boise. I'm taking Boise. Uh, so that's actually six and a half now. And remember that game's got moved to Tallahassee. Okay. Then Jacksonville originally. Um, I'm still taking Boise though. South Carolina minus seven and a half against North Carolina. That line is going to eleven and a half. I would lay South Carolina minus seven and a half. Okay, I probably would too. Virginia Tech minus three and a half versus Boston College. Virginia Tech. 
Um, Northwestern plus six and a half. Oh, we already went through that. Georgia minus twenty half against Vanderbilt. Georgia. Georgia, easy. We already did uh, Oregon, Auburn, Virginia minus two and a half against Pitt. I think Virginia. I think Pitt's going to stink. Yeah, I agree. Louisiana Tech plus twenty and a half against Texas. I think I might go Louisiana Tech here. Yeah, I'm taking the Bulldogs. Missouri minus seventy and a half against Wyoming. Missouri. Wyoming. Um, Fresno State plus thirteen and a half against USC. Fresno. I'm taking USC. I don't think Fresno is going to be as good this year. Oklahoma minus twenty four and a half against Houston. Oklahoma. I'm taking Houston. Notre Dame minus twenty and a half at Louisville. I think I'm going to take Louisville. I'm going to take Notre Dame. All right, so we should have something to talk about on Monday. <laughs> um, that's about all I got. I'm ready to get out of here. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, you, get, you got a road trip ahead of you tomorrow. I do. Um, so we'll be back at it on Monday. I'll have plenty of game coverage at supertalk.fm. I'll have two or three stories up from the post game. I'll do a pre- and post-game, I think, live video if you want to come hang out with me from the Liberty Bowl. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, I'll take questions, um, insults, comments, whatever. Um then I'll have some stuff on Sunday, too, a day after. I think I'm going to go back and rewatch the game and just write like some thoughts I had from it. Um, that'll either come out Sunday or Monday. So we've got you covered from a content perspective at supertalk.fm. Should be a fascinating season, a fascinating game. This team is interesting to me, unlike the last two teams who were incredibly predictable. Um, so I'm interested to see what Ole Miss does. Um, this game is fascinating, and college football is back. That's right. So the People's Podcast will be back on Monday. Come hang out with us. Like and subscribe. Give us four or five stars. You can say whatever you want in the comments if you do. Um, But thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for the feedback. We'll be back at it on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.